Boy, it's impressive, huh, Ray Kelly? Longest-serving commissioner in the history of the New York City Police Department. First man to hold that post for two non-consecutive tenures, folks. Spent 45 years on the force, but was commissioner 92 to 94, and then again from 2002 till 2013. Handled the World Trade Center bombing in 1993 and uh, almost became an FBI director. I did an event this summer for Lee Zeldin at a guy named Steve Laudo's house on Long Island. Kimberly Guilfoyle, Donald Trump Jr., and uh, Ray was there, and he spoke, and he was just, he was just fabulous, and, and I love the guy. So here he is, former police commissioner, on this important day as we back the blue, brought to you once again by Ramsey Mazda, my friend Ray Kelly. Ray, good morning. How are you, pal? I'm fine, Sid. Great to be with you. Thanks for having me. Uh, it's always uh, great to have you, too. Such, um, such an important day, and you've seen it, Ray. You've seen what's happened working with the force 30, 40 years ago how people now treat police on a daily basis, how police are talked about on a daily basis, politicians defunding the police, all that nonsense. It's got to break your heart, huh, Ray Kelly? Absolutely. It's so much more difficult these days to be a police officer. When I was on the streets, let's say, in the 1970s, uh, the violence directed at the police probably was was a little more then than it is now. But the disrespect, the the jeopardy of losing their their homes potentially if they if they take action, uh, they don't have the you know defenses in place that can, that can protect them. So what's happening in New York and other other major police departments is that cops are just leaving. They just have had it. This is not what they signed up for. New York has had thousands of police officers retire in the last uh, two years. And it's very difficult to replace them. Uh, they, they tried to. They wanted to hire a class of 1,200 police officers. They got about 600. So if this continues, we're going to have a big trouble here in, uh, in New York. We right. need these cops. We need them uh, on the front lines. They, they do a great job. And uh, they, they just are you know, voting with their feet, unfortunately, and leaving for uh, better climbs for them. They're leaving now, Ray, even before their pension kicks in. I mean, this is it's one thing to spend right. a couple of years and go, you know what? New York sucks. I'm going to Florida. These are guys, Ray, that have worked for decades. Their pension's about to kick in. They're like, I don't care. I'm getting out of here. That says a lot, no? Absolutely. Absolutely. What a statement uh, that is. We had, at, at uh, one time, we had less than 1% turnover of cops who were not eligible for retirement yet. Now, it's much higher than that. I don't know the exact number, but we were proud of that. We said any Fortune 500 company would love to have the low turnover rate that we have. Now it's a different story, and and you can understand it. Uh, Other departments are recruiting them. They're paying them more money. Uh, The the environment is much more friendly uh, to police officers. So we're going to have to do something to either more money or some sort of incentives to get police officers not only to sign on and become police officers, but to remain in in the department. And um, we, we, we need help in that area. Be nice, uh, too, Ray. Federal government. Right, it'd be nice, too. Well, federal government, yes. But even here in New York, it'd be nice, Ray Kelly, 
if we had a governor, for example, and Cuomo did the same thing. I'm not letting Cuomo off the hook. I'm just not. If we had a governor who wasn't okay with releasing cop killers, like Kathy Hochul is doing right now. I know Bob Martin wrote about this. Both told me about it, too. But she's releasing cop killers. I, I feel like if Lee Zeldin wins on Tuesday, Ray Kelly, he would never do something like that. But what do you feel? Yeah. Well, I think he's a, a very decent guy, and this is the time that uh, we need somebody like him uh, more than ever. This is the, you know, the word that everybody uses these days is inflection. This is an inflection point, but it is. It is. This is going to be very, very um, important as to the direction of the city. Yes, we have Eric Adams as the mayor, but the governor can control lots of things and. Obviously, Kathy Hochul has not shown any indication <laughs> no, to be doing, no. doing that. You're being nice, uh, all right. You, <laughs> I heard what you said. You had such energy when you when you talked to, about her and when you talk about Lee Zeldin. So, uh, yeah, we need him. We and, need him uh, badly. I'm not, I'm not yeah. somebody that does too many uh, political events, but I, I, I really back Lee Zeldin uh, you know, as much as I possibly can because uh, we're in trouble. Yeah, you were great that night. Yep, you, you were uh, terrific that night at Lado's house uh, for Lee Zeldin's event, and Lee appreciates you. I mean, listen, Ray, uh, not to blow smoke your way, but you are the, the man. I mean, the police commissioner, not once but twice in 45 years on the force, and you tell it the way it is. I mean, look, I, I, I'm trying, I'm trying to fix my relationship with the mayor. I'm not saying it's going to happen. It may not happen because I really disagree with him on just about everything. And when you look at some of the policies, Ray Kelly, that you put into place, that Rudy Giuliani put into place, I'm talking about broken windows. I'm talking about stop and frisk. All those things worked. They all worked. And yet Mayor Eric Adams uh, says, oh, those are racist tactics. Let's go back to the days of David Dinkins. Is he nuts? The days of David Dinkins were brutal days in this city. (laughs) <laughs> well, I did work for David Dickens for for a period of time. He's a very decent guy. But uh, you're right. The mayor, uh, for whatever reason, will not go back and look at the things that worked for the department just a few years ago. Uh, as has been said, New York was the safest big city in America, and we were very proud of that. We would say it all over the place. Now, of course, that's been totally reversed, and you can feel it. You can feel it on the street. It just feels less safe. And you made a very astute comment uh, before in your show that crime is all over the city. Now, shootings usually happen in the poorer areas of the city. They're down, and that's a good thing. Uh, and murders are down. That's a good thing. But the other crimes, virtually every other crime is up 30 percent, 40 percent. And it's happening throughout the city. It's happening on the Upper East Side, probably uh, a precinct up there is the wealthiest square mile in in the world it's happening in midtown where tourists go it's i live in lower manhattan it's happening down here so it is it, it is a sort of equal opportunity uh <laughs> wave of crime it really is hitting, uh, uh, hitting all of it. i'm glad you heard that and uh, it does prove the point because i've been saying all morning long ray kelly loves this show when he listens and now he's quoting what i said to john katsimatidis 45 minutes ago so you know i wasn't lying but i had a young guy on and <laughs> young now he's been in the in the force for 27 years in the six o'clock hour ray out of patterson new jersey lou spagnola his father larry was the chief of police in uh, in patterson for for a long time and you know, he talked about those two shot, uh, cops getting shot in Newark a couple of days ago, and he told this story about how a lady, a civilian, ran into the street 
and took like a towel or, or a piece of her clothing and actually put it on the open wound of the officer's neck. And it was such a heartwarming story because all we hear basically is all the people that hate the police. But the truth is, Ray Kelly, there is still a healthy amount of us like that lady, like me, like you, who love the police. And we do see that occasionally here in New York City, yes? Yes, yes. And I heard that interview. It was a great interview. And Thank you. you. described it uh, very well. I uh, I had not been aware of that, but that, that's a story to to get out there uh, because, uh, yes, there's, there's just a lot of people who don't like the police, and now it's an opportunity they, they can show that. So you've got to get the other side of that picture out there. Um, people who in these neighborhoods, the poor neighborhoods, they need the police as never before. And uh, they, you know, they're being, uh, they're being let down by the fact that a lot of these programs and, and tactics that worked in the past simply are not being used. And, and therefore, they're experiencing more crime in these, in these areas than, uh, than they certainly have had in the recent past. And you would agree, Ray, that these uh, small crimes, as they call them, which I'm not sure what a small crime is. To me, a crime is a crime. I'm, I'm not comparing stealing a pencil to murder. I get it. But uh, these small crimes that they allow to go on in this city unpunished, that is the beginning. Yeah. That is the incentive package for the criminal to, you know, to, to, to graduate to the next crime. It's like the guy that smokes marijuana. Eventually, he may try cocaine, right? It's the same type of thing. Absolutely. I mean, if somebody's been arrested 20 times, 30 times, how many crimes have they committed beyond that? And you said before, you're talking about everything locked up in the, in, in drug stores. Yeah, what a, what a pain that is. But it's an indication of the problems they have with these so-called petty crimes, petty larceny. You can't go in any store now without having it to ask someone to open up a, a, a case for you. And, you know, finding a person to do that is no easy task these days. So, it's just one more indication of what's going on here. These are these are petty larceny crimes, but it's up to a thousand dollars. So it can be significant amount of of uh, property taken out of these these places, and uh, that's another thing I think that has to be addressed by district attorneys. Now you have Alvin Bragg, and everybody beats up on him, but he deserves to be beaten up. Uh, you know, he has declared himself to be the arbiter of what laws are going to be enforced and what aren't going to be enforced. I mean, he has made uh, riding in a subway free, in, at least in New York. <laughs> he's not going, to, not going to prosecute anybody. And same for, with the police officers. I don't know if you saw maybe a month or so ago, a police officer was struggling with uh, an individual. It was a fight that lasted uh, you know, for a good minute anyway on the film. Uh, that individual that the officer was fighting with was not charged with resisting arrest. That's right. Because that's the policy yep. of the district attorney in uh, in New York County. So uh, you're up against a lot of cops these days. But uh, you know, John Kesmatidis is terrific. This is uh, you know, this is his day for for the cops. He's been so supportive, and uh, boy, what a, what a godsend he is to New York. I couldn't agree more, and uh, this is his brainchild, him and Margot, Back to Blue, brought to you by 
Ramsey Mazda, and I speak on behalf of everybody in New York, Ray Kelly. I know we throw these words around a lot, hero and great and all that. I do that. I'm guilty of that. But you really are great. You really are a hero, and uh, you serve this city with elegance, with class, and with toughness. And you can only pray to God that uh, whether it's Sewell or who comes next, they have at least some of the qualities that you brought to the force for 45 years. So thank you for coming on this morning. Thank you for your service to New York. Thank you for listening. I'm a big fan, Ray Kelly. Thank you so much. <laughs> Thanks so much, Steve. You got it, pal. Take care. Take care. There he is, former commissioner, Ray Kelly. That's a good man right there. That is New York at its very, very best. Still lots more to do, including Bill O'Reilly next hour. And, yes, I got a message from President Trump. Keep it right here. 8 o'clock hours next. (laughs) Ohio, ready for some quick mental health facts? Let's go. Nearly 2 million Ohioans live with a mental health condition. In the U.S., more than 50% of people will be diagnosed with a mental illness in their lifetime. Depression is a leading cause of disability worldwide. So why are some of us still stigmatizing people living with a mental health condition when we know all of this? Let's listen to the facts and beat the stigma. Ohio, challenge what you know about mental health at beatthestigma.org.